The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Holy! Are you kidding me? Are you absolutely shitting me? Oh my goodness! The Lions finally win a football game. They beat Minnesota. I thought it would be Thanksgiving week. I thought it was on Thanksgiving that they were going to win. But they beat Minnesota. Unbelievable. The Browns sit idle this week. Get ready for a big matchup against Baltimore. Week 13 is shaping up to be an interesting one for yours truly. The college football playoff is set. Ohio State. Not in the top four. But Big Blue, Michigan, toppled Ohio State since the last time I talked to you and claimed the Big Ten Championship. You hear my thoughts on that. The season is over. Bowling Green gets the huge win against Ohio. Now heads into offseason. No bowling for Bowling Green. The Jackets break the schneid and get a win at home last night after losing four straight on the road. But a big test in front of them tomorrow night. And the Walleye are back on the ice at the Huntington Center for two games. The next time we see them in Toledo, we will be outdoors. It is cold. It is brisk. It is windy. Christmas is around the corner, but your Christmas gift starts tonight on All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 54 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Dumbino hit to a home run. Go home, Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. It's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, I love you guys, and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred, right here on your exclusive home for me. That is the Anchor Network, and you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for giving me your time and effort to listen to what's happening in my life as well as what is happening in the sports world. You can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as Facebook.com. Slash all Andy Elford. So welcome into the program on this, the 6th of December, 2021. And I love you guys. So lots to get into tonight, of course. We've been off the air for about a week. 
after the Thanksgiving holiday, of course, and uh, we'll go over what happened for the Thanksgiving holiday and go over what's happening in my life. Also, we're going to talk about the Jackets, a big win last night at 208 West Nationwide Boulevard as the Jackets got the big win over the San Jose Sharks. The Walleye getting a big two-game winning streak at the Huntington Center. They now get ready for a road trip. We'll talk about their games this past weekend. Also, the college football playoff is set. Ohio State not in it, but Big Blue Michigan is in it. We'll talk about that as well as take a look at some of the bowl games that are coming up, including the big game that's happening this weekend. It is the tradition that is the Army-Navy game. We'll dive into that. Also dive into some more interesting information. But like I said, you can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. So welcome into the program tonight. We are going to start with what happened yesterday afternoon at Ford Field in downtown Detroit. And oh my bleeping God, it finally happened. Now, we've been off the air for about a week or so. Been a week. When we last spoke, the Lions were getting ready to play the Bears on Thanksgiving. And I thought, this is me. This is for me. This is Andy saying to everybody, I thought the Lions had a chance. I took the Lions that week. I figured the Lions would, you know, no fields. Andy Dalton, who's not that good. I figured that maybe the Lions could pull off the win against Chicago. They didn't. They fell apart at the end of the game. They lost. And a lot of people, including myself, said, you know what, that's it. That's the only best chance that they had. Writing them off. Writing it off. However, this past week, the Lions welcomed in the Minnesota Vikings. And the Vikings are a pretty good, decent team. They are trying to get into a playoff spot. They're one of the few teams that are still buying for one of the wild card spots, the three wild card spots that are available. And they're playing decent football. And... Going into the game, I, I, I said to myself, you know, if they could be that competitive against the Bears, can they be that competitive against Minnesota? Now, I'll be a one to attest. I figured, I thought I might pick the Vikings because, you know, Minnesota coming off of a big win, maybe this would be a possibility for them to, you know, stamp and say that we're here in the division, we want to win, and, you know, and, and we want to get into the playoffs. You know, but on the other hand, the Lions were there. So I picked the Lions. I figured the Lions would have the momentum, and they did. I'll tell you this. The Lions are no longer win winless. They have finally broke the ceiling. They finally did it. Matt it, Campbell gets his first win. Goff gets his first win as, a, as the quarterback of the Lions. And the... And my, and my co-worker said it best. The 37 fans that were in attendance lat yesterday that were actually there to root for the Lions, you know, they saw one hell of a football game yesterday. As the Lions getting a huge win over Minnesota, 29-27 to at Ford Field. As Jared Goff having a great game in some aspects. 
of the game. He was 25 for 41 for 296 total yards. He had three TDs, one interception. His QBR rating was a 45.6. Not gonna give, him, not gonna bang him for that one. Uh, Swift was out for the game, so Williams became the leading rusher for the Lions. He carried the ball 17 times for 71 yards. His longest yardage was 11 yards. Jefferson, five carries, 18 yards. But the receiving core really helped him out with, of course, TJ Hawkinson getting four catches for 49 yards. But St. Brown, the rookie, getting his first ever touchdown pass, being the game-winning touchdown pass. He had 10 receptions for 86 yards of the game with the go-ahead walk-off, walk-off, G-E-O-F-F, Goff. As Jared Goff is the quarterback, helped the Lions prove to a 29-27 win. By the way, Wright had 12, two catches for 28 yards in the game. For the, for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins was 30 for 40 for 340 yards. He had two TDs in the game. His QBR rating was a 49.9. But the thing is, Minnesota was so banged up and so injured in this game that, you know, we look at this game as a Lions fan. You said, you know, yes, we won the game, but in all all reality, we won against a injury-prone Minnesota team. It's not really a full win, but we'll take it because it's because of how bad the season has gone for us. So the Lions, like I said, uh, Matheson had 20, 22 carries for 90 yards for the Minnesota Vikings. He had one TD in the game. Jefferson, 11 catches for 182 yards, one TD. And, and they couldn't, the defense could not handle him. If you give him an open space with Kirk Cousins available, it's gonna, he's going to burn you. And he burned him plenty of times. His longest catch play was 48 yards. That killed a lot of the Lions' momentum in the defense from Osborne, four catches, 47 yards, one TD as well. In the game, you look at the overall team stats. The Lions had 23 first downs to Minnesota's 26. On third down, the Lions were 2 for 11 to Minnesota's on third down, 6 for 13. The Lions 1 for 3 on fourth down, including the big play that got them the walk-off win. They were 1 for 3 on fourth down. The Vikings 0 for 1. The Lions had 372 total yards of offense, 272 to the air, 100 on the ground. For the Vikings, they had 326 yards passing, 100 yards rushing for a total of 426 yards. Uh, penalties, six, seven penalties for 66 yards for Minnesota, three penalties, 11 yards for the Lions. The Lions were decent in that. On red zone attempts, the uh, Vikings were three for six. The Lions were two for four. The Lions had two turnovers a game, a fumble and an interception thrown by Jared Goff. The Vikings had one uh, turnover, a fumble. The Lions did not lead in time of possession. They had 26 minutes and 56 seconds to, to the Vikings, 33 minutes and 4 seconds. However, it doesn't matter. The Lions get the huge win. They break the schneid and they give the game ball to the kids in Oxford, Michigan, who are recovering from the, the shooting that happened up there. Uh, Dan Campbell giving the game ball to the to the the school, and they play for the school, and they won for not only the city themselves, but for that school as well. So the Lions, a huge win. This is this is I mean this is a big win. This is big because it could set the right momentum 
towards what next season is going to be. You know, and it breaks it breaks what I thought it was going to happen of a 0-16 and one season. So now we have one win. So now it's going to be one fifteen and one because we now travel to Denver this upcoming week for a big game. Four twenty five kick on by the way on that one. So we go across the country. It, and how bad the Broncos played yesterday on Sunday night, there's a possibility the Lions could win this game. They're not started out as the favorites. Denver's an eight-point favorite in the game, but we'll see what happens. Then they are at home against the Cardinals, which is a loss. And on the road in Atlanta, the battle of the Falcons, that could be a win or a loss. They're in Seattle. Seattle is just absolutely atrocious right now. And then they finish up with Green Bay, and that's not, that's not going to be a win. So there's a possibility for this team to get maybe three more wins out of this whole situation. Three more wins. And I'd be more than ecstatic for that. Absolutely more than ecstatic for that. But we'll see what happens. We will absolutely see what happens. But the first win is the biggest win. And this was a huge, huge win for the Detroit Lions. So we'll see how what happens. Of course, like I mentioned before, the Browns sit idle this week. They sat idle for week 13 of the NFL slate as they will now host the, the uh, not the Cincinnati Bengals, but the Baltimore Ravens again the second time this year. But this time is at First Energy Stadium. Now, I want to say this to Browns fans. I think this bye comes at the right time. After what happened on Sunday Night Football, I just feel like a week off to help Baker relax, get his mind off the game for a little bit, should be fine. Get everybody fully healthy because this long run for the Browns is going to be coming up. You know, the Brown run is going to be big. You know, they are at home against the Ravens, at home against the Raiders on on a Saturday. They go to Green Bay on Christmas Day. They're on the road in Pittsburgh on Monday night, and they end against the Bengals. On the 9th of January. So it's a big slate of games. And this is a key game too. For them against the Ravens. Because the Ravens are 8-4. Tops of the division. If you want to get back into the division race. You win this game. You win this game against Baltimore. You're back in the hunt. Especially how Baltimore absolutely collapsed yesterday. And the Bengals are struggling. Steelers are. Eh, Steelers are Steelers. But we'll see how it all shakes out. We will absolutely see how it all shakes out. So there's that for you. If you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now it's time to recap what took on the field this past weekend in the National Football League. It's time for Week 13 Recap. Of the National Football League. Whoop! It's time for Week 13's recap of the National Football League. Right here on All Andy Alfred. Whoop! We begin with Thursday Night Football as it was the Jamesless New Orleans Saints. Taking on Dak, where's my Prescott? And the Dallas Cowboys. 
The boys coming in to the game looking to bounce back after what happened on Thanksgiving. As the defense helps out the Dallas Cowboys as it was all. Prescott for 26 for 40 for 236 yards. He had a TD and an interception as Taysom Hill. 19 for 41, 264 for two TDs, but four interceptions as the Dallas Cowgirls get a big win. 27-17 over the New Orleans Saints. Whoop! We get to Sunday as it was Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, welcoming going on the road to Mercedes-Benz Stadium to see Matty Ice and the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta playing some of the best football that they could, battling it out. But the dynamic duo known as Batman and Robin, I mean Gronk and Brady, connecting again. I'm Gronkowski. Catch the football slam. Gotta trust the process. As Tom Brady and Brock lead the Buccaneers past the, the Falcons. 30-17. Whoop! We then head to the cold midway. That is Chicago, Illinois. To see the Bears taking on Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Formerly the Chicago Cardinals at some point. But it was all Cardinals in this game. As Murray threw two TD passes. And he runs for two as well. As Kyler Murray was in absolute great condition. Taking it down the Miracle Mile. And beating up on the Bears. Giving them their eighth loss of the season. Arizona pros to 10-2. With a 33-22 win over the Bears. Whoop! We then head down to the Queen City. And I'm not talking about Charlotte Flairstown. I'm talking about Cincinnati. Skyline Chili's own hometown boy, Joe Burrow. Welcome in the LA Chargers to Joe Brown Stadium. And But it was an up and down battle for them as Burrow was 24 for 40 for 300 yards. One TD and two interceptions. But Herbert was the better man. He was 26 for 35 for 317 yards. Three TD passes as he leads the Chargers. The Bolts take down the Bengals. 41-22. We then head down to Hard Rock. It's time to see how Tua will handle against the Demon. Ever since Frank the Tank went down in Miami. The Dolphins have been hot, hot, hot. The streak continues. As it was no go for the Giants. As it was all Miami. As they routed the G-Men 20-9 yesterday at Hard Rock. As Tua was 30 for 41. For 244 yards and two TDs. Woo! We then head into Meadowlands. To see the J-E-T-S. Sucks, sucks, sucks. The Jets. Welcome in the battery throwing Eagles. To a, a good contest at MetLife Stadium. The Eagles, however, led by Gardner Minshew. Mr. Minshew with his beautiful mustache. Steps into the roll and capitalizes. Putting 33 points up on the board. 
Minshew, 20 for 25 for 242 yards and two TDs, shutting down the rookie Zach Wilson, who was 23 for 38 for 228 yards and two TDs, but he threw an interception in the game as it was the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles beating up on the Jets, 33-18. Woo! We then head down to Houston, where the dumpster fire known as the Houston Texans welcomed in the Indianapolis Colts, and it was a route. I am talking about a R-O-U-T route, as it was all Colts in this game, as they beat up on the, on the Texans, putting up a zero, shutting them out, as of course it was Taylor. Again, a two-touchdown run day for him. He carried the ball 32 times for 143 yards for two TDs as Wentz was 16 for 22 for 158 yards, two, one TD, my apologies, as Mills was absolutely pathetic at 6 for 14 for 49 yards. It was all Colts, 31, zip. We head into Vegas for the 4 o'clock slate as it was the Washington, we need a team name, Football team taking on the Raiders. As it was Taylor Heineke. Heineke my magic. As the Redskins, formerly the Redskins, now the football team battled back. And rallied in the fourth quarter to seal the game and seal the win. As Heineke was 23 for 30 for 196 yards, two TDs, and one interception. As Derek Carr, 28 for 38 for 249. As the Washington football team gets the win, 17-15. We then head into LA again. SoFi with Matthew Stafford taking on Urban Myers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville hasn't won a game since the collapse, since the game against Buffalo. And they will not win another game the rest of the way. As LA snaps their three-game skid. And they got the snap back. As they beat up on the Jags 37-7. As Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Touchdown Jesus. 16 for 28 for 145 yards. But Matty Stafford, 26 for 38 for 295 yards. Three TDs in the game. As it was the Rams, a 37-7 win over the Oregon Meyer Jags. And he's asking this question, man, should I have just took him the Notre Dame job? Whoop! We then head up to the 12th man as the wet jeans known as the San Francisco 49ers, led by Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, takes on Russell Wilson, Ciara, and the Seattle Seahawks. A great game, back and forth action. Cummins comes down to the wire, and the Niners could not capitalize on fourth and goal. A tip pass could not get them into the end zone as the 12th man survives as Wilson was 30 for 37 for 331 yards, two TDs, one interception, while Jimmy G was 20 for 30 for 299 yards, two TDs, and two interceptions. As the Niners fall to the Seahawks, 30-23. Whoop! We head into Sunday Night Football on NBC. As it was the Kansas City Chiefs with Patty Mahomes. 
Patrick Mahomes taking on Teddy Bridge over the troubled water and the Denver Broncos as it was just a back and forth game until the Chiefs decided to wake up. Bridgewater, terrible. Two interceptions to the game. He was 22 for 40 for 257 yards. He did throw a TD. But Patrick Mahomes, 15 for 29 for 184 yards. One interception. But it was all defensive-wise in this game as the Chiefs, the Chiefs get the job done and beat the Denver Broncos 22-9 and pretty much set the AFC West. Tonight, of course, Monday Night Football in the cold, brisk wind and the real football weather, the man football weather, that is Buffalo, New York, as the Bills will take on Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. Hopefully the Bills get the job done tonight. They are a three-point favorite tonight, and they will probably win this football game. I'm taking the Bills on Monday night. Of course, the new week starts off this upcoming Thursday as it is Minnesota coming off of the loss against the Lions. Welcome in Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers. 8-20 kickoff for that one. Minnesota favored by three. I will take the Vikings in that one, which sets up a good slate of games upcoming this upcoming weekend as it is Baltimore is in Cleveland to battle the Browns. The Lions travel up to Mile High to battle the Broncos. We'll preview all the games on this upcoming weeks on this later this week's episode of All Andy Offer. But that has been the recap of Week 13 of the National Football League. So that was recap of week 13 of the National Football League right here on All Andy Alford. As you are listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's dive in a little bit more into the gridiron game. Let's talk about what's happened in the college football spectrum. The final four is set as well as all the bowl games. But we'll talk about the final game for Bowling Green here before we begin diving into bowling season. So when I last left you, of course, we are getting ready for the big Ohio State-Michigan game that took place as well as Bowling Green's last game of the season. And we're going to start first and foremost with the team out of Wood County. That is the Bowling Green State University Falcons. They took on the Ohio Bobcats on Friday afternoon, the day after Thanksgiving. Good crowd on hand at the Doit for this one as Bowling Green took on the Ohio Bobcats. And, you know, both teams looking to see how it's going to shake out, how their rosters are going to shake out for the next year. Bowling Green, with Matt McDonald, really played a tremendously good game in this one. He went 24 for 37 for 255 yards and a TD in the game, as it was Neema kicking four field goals, helping Bowling Green beat Ohio, 21 to 10 and finishing the season four and eight. Now, now I'm looking at this. We have two conference wins and two non-conference wins. So I said at the beginning of the season, three wins is probably what we're going to look at. We got four wins 
it's a step in the right direction in some aspects of this game. You know, and when we dive more and more into this in the off season for Bowling Green, you know, especially with recruiting day and national signing day coming up soon, I I, I just think we're going to have to dive in to see how good this team is going to be next year. Because it is a busy slate for Bowling Green next season. It really is. But Mosley, 15 carries for 38 yards for Bowling Green. Osborne, 8 catches for 79 yards. He had a TD in the game for Bowling Green in the game. It was Kroom, 6 catches for 67 yards. Sims, 4 catches for 30 yards on senior day as Bowling Green gets the 21-10 win for Ohio. It was Rourke's work on the in the quarterback realm. He stepped, he threw 12. He was 12 for 24 for 103 yards. He threw three interceptions in the game on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Rourke also carried the ball nine times for 75 yards. Uh, Tuggle, nine carries, 41 yards. Uh, Ludeman, four catches, 42 yards, no TDs. It was a defensive touchdown that helped out uh, Ohio in the game. If you look at the team stats overall, Bowling Green had 21 first downs to Ohio's 10. Bowling Green on third down was 8 for 19. Ohio 2 for 11. Both teams 1 for 3 on fourth down. Bowling Green had 349 total yards of offense to Ohio's 223. Of the 349, 255 through the air, 94 yards on the ground. For Ohio, they had 223 yards, 103 through the air, 120 on the ground. Both teams had four penalties for 30 yards, but it was the turnover game that helped Ohio out there as they had three interceptions from Rourke in the game. Bowling Green had no interceptions. The time of the possession was all in favor of Bowling Green. They had 37 minutes of possession to Ohio's 23. So Bowling Green finishes the season 4-8 and eight overall. Not eligible to go bowling, but... You know, the win to end the season is a step in the right direction. And Bowling Green has next season to look forward to. we got some big tests in front of us. So we'll see how the administration and the staff is going to do this. How they're going to shape this team. Because that's, that's the key thing. If this team wants to play and wants to be competitive, they have to be recruiting so hard. So hard against this team. And it doesn't help that Riley Keller is now entering the transfer portal. It hurts that we're having two more players also enter the transfer portal on the defensive end. So, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a question where can this team can this team prevail? Will this team prevail? We'll still see. We shall see what happens in the offseason. We shall see what happens in the offseason. Other games in that MAC in Week 13 that finishes it up. Buffalo falls to Ball State 30, uh, 20 to 3. Western Michigan a 42 to 21 win over Northern Illinois. Central Michigan a winner 31 to 10. Toledo a big 49 to 14 win over Akron. And Kent State battled Miami of Ohio. The winner of that game went to Detroit this past Saturday. Kent State was a winner 48 to 47 in overtime. So the the MAC championship took place this past Saturday as it was Northern Illinois, the West MAC West representative, taking on Kent State, who is the MAC East representative, and it was all dominated by Northern Illinois in the game. Northern Illinois gets the big forty-one to twenty-three win, and they represent the MAC in 
they are the MAC champions for 2021. So there's that for you. Good to see that. Absolutely good to see that. So bowl games, of course, is what's next for the Mid-American Conference schools. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But let's talk about what's happened in the Big Ten. Big thing. Of course, when I last left you, Michigan was getting ready to battle Ohio State at the Big House. And let me just say this. It was an instant classic, in my opinion. This game was absolutely fantastic. A second-ranked Ohio State battle, fifth-ranked Michigan at the Big House. And Michigan dominated this game from the start to the finish. They set the tone for this game. And I know I have a lot of Ohio State fans that listen to this podcast, but you got beat. You absolutely got beat. It was absolutely, from the from the kickoff to the closing, it was all Michigan in the game. They set the tone in the game. They set the tone for, the, for that game theme from the start when they went up seven nothing i just said to myself okay let's see how ohio state responds out of that they didn't respond and to me it just for me it just was like a a a kick in the pants a little bit in some aspects i mean each quarter michigan was putting seven points on the board Michigan was up 14-10 at the half. And I was saying to myself, okay, Ohio State has to come out in the second half, and they have to, if they want to win this game, they have to set the tone. Michigan goes out and scores two touchdowns in the quarter. Takes a big lead, and I said, oh, this one's over. This one is over. And Michigan beats Ohio State, gets the monkey, Harbaugh gets the monkey off his back, and gets the huge win. They beat Ohio State 42 to 27. Which then they won the Big Ten East and became the Big Ten East representative. Now we all were thinking, including myself, it was going to be Wisconsin. Because I figured Wisconsin had an easy road. They could all they had to do is beat Minnesota. They beat Minnesota. They're into the Big Ten championship game. They lose to Minnesota. 23 to 13. Which then sends Iowa to the big dance. Kurt Ferentz and the Iowa Hawkeyes to Indianapolis to battle Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. And this past Saturday, Michigan just took the Hawkeyes to the woodshed. As second-ranked Michigan took on 13th-ranked Iowa and absolutely slaughtered the Hawkeyes. Absolutely slaughtered them. 42-3. to They won this game to set a message to the playoff committee that we are the number one team. We should be the number one team. We absolutely dominated this game. And they did. They absolutely dominated the game. They routed Iowa in the game. McNamara, 16 for 24 for 169 yards, one TD, one interception. Haskins, 17 carries for 56 yards, two TDs. Wilson, two catches for 82 yards, his longest, 75 yards for a touchdown. All, two catches, 43 yards, one TD. 
Michigan just dominated the game, and they set the tone for that game. They absolutely did, and they deserve to be in the college football playoff. They played their best two games to end the season. Now we can't we can't say we I I can't say that Michigan has played decent all year. The struggle win against Penn State is one thing, but losing to Michigan State really hurt. But other than that, you know, that is the only true loss that they have. And if Michigan State wouldn't have lost to Purdue the following week, Michigan State would be playing in the Big Ten Championship, would have been played in the Big Ten Championship game. That's how it shapes up. But, of course, the college football playoffs have been all set. Of course, you know, the big news, of course, it all started Friday as Utah beats Oregon, knocks Oregon out of the Pac-12 consideration for the college football playoff. Utah routed them 38-10. But I think the best game of the day was Baylor and Oklahoma State. Some people say, oh, uh, Georgia and Alabama was going to be a good game. I thought Baylor-OK State was. was going to be the best game of the day, and it was. Baylor's defense stood their ground, did not let Oklahoma State into the end zone at the end of the game, and Baylor is the Big 12 champion with a 21-16 win. Absolutely fantastic. San Diego State just absolutely collapsed in the Mountain West Conference game. They got beat by Utah State 46-13. Cincinnati, the Bearcats hosted... Houston. Now, I, even yours truly, I look at that game and I said to myself, it's setting up for Cincinnati to lose. They took that narrative and they, they punted it across the field. Cincinnati, a huge win, a huge win over Houston, 35 to 20. Absolutely huge. Clutches them into the playoff. And then you had the game of the day, which is Georgia versus Alabama. The number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs battling the third ranked Alabama Crimson Tide in the SEC championship game. And a lot of us, including yours truly, I, I said it on the podcast when Georgia was going to play Alabama for the SEC championship game, I said that Alabama was going to get blown out. I figured Georgia was the better team. They were absolutely a better team throughout the season. Boy, was I wrong. I will eat crow for that. And Alabama beats Georgia 41-24. to Absolutely amazing. So it sets up the college football playoff. The playoff looks like this. You have the number one overall seed being the Alabama Crimson Tide at 12-1. Number two is the Michigan Wolverines. They're at 12-1 as well. Third ranked, the Georgia Bulldogs at 12 and 1. The fourth team finally breaks the glass ceiling in the non power five conference, and that is the Cincinnati Bearcats, who are the only undefeated team in the college football playoff ranking at fourth rank. Now, I, I, I know I'm going to get chastised for what I'm going to say here with my friends like Taryn Bland that's down in Cincinnati, who's a Bearcat fan, and a, little, a bunch of other Bearcat fans. 
Your ranking is perfect to where you're at. You want to play Bama. You want to set the tone. This is the game. If you can knock off Crimson, you deserve the national championship. Because I think how it shapes up, Georgia will play Michigan tough. I think Michigan is a better team in that. I I have to take Big Blue. I think Michigan can beat Georgia. Georgia was set to the woodshed against Alabama. Now, Alabama and Cincinnati, I think it's going to be a close game. Can Cincinnati run with Alabama's defense? Can they? They what? And what Alabama team is going to show up? Is it going to be the Iron Bowl Alabama team that's letting Auburn run all over them and then decide to show up at the last minute? Is it the Texas A&M Alabama team that's just sloppy together and letting Texas A&M win it in a walk-off field goal? Or is this the Alabama team that just absolutely routed LSU? Can Cincinnati do it? I think they can. I have, for my final going to the national championship in Indianapolis, I have Michigan versus Cincinnati. And I I have to pick it because I know Ohio State fans are going to hate me for this, but I think that Michigan gets the job done. I think Cincinnati gets there, but I think they're going to get... I mean, Ritter looks fantastic. I like Ritter. I like him as a quarterback. I just don't see it against that good defense. I just don't see it. I, I, I have to say Cincinnati will lose to Michigan. It'll be Michigan, the national champion. What gets me the most is that Notre Dame is on the outside of the playoff at five. Now, here's why I say that. If Wisconsin would have actually won that game against Minnesota, I think Notre Dame would have been more of a, a player into the college football playoff. I really do. I think they would have shaked things up. If they would have, if Wisconsin would have beat Minnesota, got into the Big Ten Championship, that game would have been the circle game for the committee to look at Notre Dame. You look at Ohio State, Ohio State is on the outside at six. You can't put a two-loss Ohio State team in the playoff. You can't. You just can't. Baylor is at seven. Mississippi State at eight. OK State at 9, Michigan State at 10, Utah at 11, Pitt at 12, BYU's 13, Oregon 14th, Iowa 15th, Oklahoma at 16, Wake Forest at 17, NC State at 18, Clemson at 19th, Houston 20th, Arkansas 21st, Kentucky 22nd, the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana 23rd, San Diego State 24th, and Texas A&M 25th ranked in the college football playoff. So, you know, congratulations to all those teams. Congratulations to Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Georgia all making the playoff. So let's hope that we get some good games out of this whole college football playoff, especially for the Bulls season. But, of course, we have one more game left to go. It's my favorite game of the year. 3 o'clock kick on Saturday. It is the Army-Navy game. Army 8-3. The Naval Academy 3-8. I am going to take... Go Navy! Beat Army! Upset. I'm going to take the Naval Academy. That's for you, Helen. Go Navy. Beat Army. 
3 o'clock kick on CBS. So with that all in mind, let's take a look at the bowl games going forward. Let's take a look at the bowl games. They're going to all start up on December 17th as we're going to go through all the bowl games and my predictions as well for these bowl games, of course. You heard my national, the, the college football playoff. I have Michigan winning the whole thing, beating Cincinnati in Indianapolis for the national championship. But let's talk about the rest of the bowl games. It'll all start, it kicks off with the Bahamas Bowl as Middle Tennessee State University Six and six overall takes on the University of Toledo Rockets, who are seven and five. Toledo a ten point favorite. That kick is a noon kick on the on the two seventeenth. I am taking Toledo in that game. The Tangier Tailgear Cure Bowl. We'll see Coastal Carolina ten and two overall taking on the MAC champion. That is the Northern Illinois Huskies. Six o'clock kick on ESPN two. Coastal a ten point favorite. I will take. The green wave of Coastal Carolina to beat the Northern Illinois Huskies. Saturday slate of games, a big slate of games, by the way. We'll start off with the Boca Raton Bowl, roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, 11 a.m. Eastern. That's Western Kentucky, 8 and 5. We'll take on Appalachian State. App State, two and a half point favorites. I'm going to take Appalachian State in that one. The Peabug Mobile New Mexico Bowl. 7-5 Seven and five UTEP versus Fresno State, who's nine and three, two fifteen kickoff for that one. I'm taking Fresno State. Here's the first ranked games, by the way. UAB eight and four overall will take on thirteenth ranked BYU with the Rayleigh Technology Independence Bowl. That game a three thirty kickoff on ABC. I'm going to take the Cougars of BYU. The Lending Tree Bowl at five forty five Eastern. Let's see both teams seven and five overall. It's the Eastern Michigan Eagles taking on Liberty. And Liberty, eight and a half point favor than that one. I'm going to take the Eagles of Eastern Michigan to beat Liberty in that one. That's one of my upset specials. The Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifled. Yes, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. Unbelievable. 7.30 kick on ABC. This is Utah State taking on Oregon State. Oregon State, a seven and a half point favorite. I'm going to take Utah State in that one. I'm going to take Utah State in that one. 23rd ranked Louisiana takes on Marshall. Louisiana 12-1 overall. Marshall 7-5 overall. In the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, the game's in New Orleans. I'm going to take Louisiana in that one. Monday, December 20th, we'll see the Myrtle Beach Bowl presented by Tax Axe. 2.30 kickoff for that one. As Old Dominion at 6-6 will take on Tulsa, who's 6-6. Tulsa, 9.5 point favorite. I am taking Tulsa. In that one, December twenty-first sees Kent State, the Golden Flashes, the runner-up of the big of the Mid-American Conference, takes on Wyoming in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl in Boise, Idaho, on the Blue Turf. Three thirty kick, Wyoming a three-point favorite. I'm going to take the Golden Flashes of Kent State in that one. And it will be UTES University of Texas of San Antonio, twelve and one overall, taking on twenty-fourth ranked San Diego State in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. UTEP is UCEP is two and a half point favorites. I'm gonna take UCEP in that one. I'll take UTEP in that one. December 22nd will be the Armed Forces Bowl. Wednesday, December 22nd, eight o'clock kickoff for that one. As the Army eight and three will welcome in Missouri, who is six and six. 
Army a three and a half point favorite in the game. I will take the the Army Academy on that one. But remember, go Navy, beat Army in that one. On December twenty third, it will be the Frisco Football Classic as Miami of Ohio six and six overall battles North Texas, who is six and six. I will take the Red Hawks of Miami of Ohio in that one. The Union Mortgage Union Home Mortgage Gaspala Bowl will see eight and four UCF taking on. Six and six, Florida. Florida, seven and a half point favorite in the game. I'm going to take the Knights of UCF in that game for you, which sets up Christmas Eve. Of course, one of my favorite bowls every year it is the East Post Hawaii Bowl, as Hawaii, who is six and seven overall, will battle Memphis, who is six and six. Memphis, a five-point favorite in the game. I will take Memphis on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day, the Camellia Bowl on Saturday, December 25th. It will be Georgia State, 7-5 overall, taking on the Ball State Fighting Football Cardinals, who are 6-6. Georgia State's 4.5-point favorite in that one. I'm going to take Ball State in that game. I think Dave Letterman's crew will get the job done. I will take Ball State for that one. December 27th, the... The Monday after Christmas weekend will be the Quick Lane Bowl at Ford Field, as it will be the Nevada Wolfpack, eight and four overall, taking on the Western Michigan Broncos, who are seven and five. Nevada, a one point favorite in the game. That came as an eleven a.m. kickoff. I will take Western Michigan in that game. I'll take Western in that one. The Military Bowl, presented by Pearl Time, will take on. We'll have the Ball, the Boston College Eagles, who are six and six, taking on East Carolina, who is seven and five. Boston College at three and a half point favorite of the game. Two thirty kickoff for that one on ESPN. I am going to take the Pirates of East Carolina in that one. December twenty eighth, a slew of games here for you. Twentieth ranked Houston will take on Auburn. Houston, uh, Auburn, the favorite in the game, three point favorite in the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. I'm going to take. Houston in that one. Houston 11 and 2, Auburn 6 and 6. The Air Force will battle Louisville. Air Force 9 and 3. Louisville 6 and 6 in the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. Louisville a one and a half point favorite. I'm going to take the Air Force in that one. Mississippi State. Mississippi State gets a bowl game. They're going to take on Texas Tech in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Mississippi State. 7-5, Texas Tech, 6-6, six 645 six, kickoff. Mississippi State, an 8.5-point favorite. I'm going to take Mississippi State in that game. 645 kickoff in that one. UCLA travels to San Diego to battle NC State, the Wolfpack, on Fox in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. NC State, 9-3, UCLA, 8-4, 8 o'clock on Fox. NC State, a 1-point favorite. I'm going to take the Bruins in that one. The Guarantee Rate Bowl, it will be West Virginia 6-6, six six, taking on the Golden Gophers of Minnesota, who are 8-4. Minnesota, a 4.5-point favorite in that one. I will take Row the Boat and the Golden Gophers in that one. Wednesday, December 29th, SMU will take on Virginia, 11 a.m. kickoff in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. That bowl game played at Fenway Park. SMU 8-4, Virginia 6-6. Six six. Virginia a one-point favorite. I'm going to take SMU in that game. 
I will take SMU in that game. Maryland 6-6 six and six will take on Virginia Tech, who is also 6-6. Six and six. In the New Era Pinstripe Bowl, that game takes place at Yankee Stadium. 2-15 kickoff for that one. Virginia Tech, a 1.5 point favorite. I will take the Hokies in that one. Wednesday, the 29th of December, as 19th-ranked Clemson, led by Dabo Sweeney and the and that Clemson offense, will take on Matt Campbell and the Iowa State Hawkeyes in the Cheez-It Bowl, 545 kickoff on ESPN. Clemson, a one-point favorite. I'm going to take Iowa State in that one, which sets up the Valero Alamo Bowl as two top 20 teams will battle each other out as the 14th-ranked Oregon Ducks, who are 10-3, will battle the Oklahoma Sooners, who are 10-2 overall. Oklahoma, a three-point favorite in the Alamo Bowl. I am going to take Boomer Sooner in that one. What sets up the three, four games that Thursday, the 30th of December, the Dukes Mail Bowl that's taking place in Raleigh, North Carolina, where the Carolina Panthers play at. It will be North Carolina, the Tar Heels, 6-6, six six, taking on South Carolina, the Gamecocks, who are 6-6 six and six as well. 7.5-point favorite are the, the Tar Heels. I'm going to take the Tar Heels in that one. 11.30 kickoff on ESPN. 3 o'clock kickoff on ESPN sees the Transperfect Music City Bowl as the Tennessee Volunteers, Rocky Top, 7-5, and five will take on the Purdue Boilermakers, who are 8-4. Tennessee, a 3-point favorite in that game. I am going to take Tennessee in that game. Is it going to be technically a home game for that? The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which will be taking place in Atlanta, Georgia, will see the 12th-ranked Pittsburgh Panthers, who are 11-2, 12th-ranked in the country, take on the 10th-ranked Michigan State Spartans, who are 10-2 overall. Pitt, a 3.5-point favorite. I'm actually going to take Mel Tucker and the Michigan State Spartans in that one. The final game of the day, on the, tw- on the 30th, the day before New Year's Eve, it will be the SRS distributing Las Vegas Bowl as 8-4 Wisconsin battles 8-4 Arizona State. Wisconsin, a 7-point favorite in that one. I'm actually going to take Arizona State to beat Wisconsin in that affair. So then we set up New Year's Eve. Eve. New Year's Eve. The New Year's Eve Bowl starts off at 11 a.m. Friday, the 31st of December at 17th Wake Forest. Battles 25th-ranked Texas A&M in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. 11 a.m. Eastern kickoff. Wake Forest 10-3. Texas A&M 8-4. Texas A&M is a 6.5-point favorite. I am going to take Wake Forest. Washington State. Old Crimson. 7-5 overall will take on the U. Miami University, who are 7-5 overall in the Tony the Tigers Sun Bowl. Miami, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I am actually going to take Miami in that game. That game, a 12 o'clock kick on CBS. The big one, of course, I'd like to talk about today. Central Michigan University, 8-4 overall, will battle Boise State, 7-5 overall, in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. That game, 2 o'clock kickoff on Barstool.com. You would have to go to Barstool.com to watch that game. Boise State, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. By the way, Dave Portnoy, big cat on the call for that game, by the way. Uh, 2 o'clock Eastern for that kickoff. I am going to take Boise State in that game. Which sets up the 
two playoff games, Cincinnati versus Alabama, 3.30 kick on ESPN. I am going to take, of course, Cincinnati to beat Alabama in a close game. Georgia takes on Michigan in the Capital One Orange Bowl. I will take Michigan in that one. By the way, the uh, Cincinnati-Alabama game, that's the Cotton Bowl there, which sets up New Year's Day, the New Year's Six, which I love the most. One of my favorite bowl days of the year. It's actually going to be the New Year's Five this year. As it will all start on New Year's Day at noon, as Penn State will take on Arkansas, who's 21st ranked in the country. Penn State 7-5, Arkansas 8-4, Penn State 2.5 point favorites in the Outback Bowl. I will take Penn State to lose to Arkansas on that one. The Fiesta Bowl, 1 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. As Oklahoma State, ninth ranked in the country battles, 5th ranked Notre Dame. Notre Dame 2.5 point favorites. No Brian Kelly, as Brian Kelly has left the organization has not left Notre Dame and is now going to coach at LSU. I am taking Notre Dame still in that game. I think their players can get up for that one. I think OK State is done. Gundy is done. 15th ranked Iowa takes on Kentucky at 1 o'clock on ABC in the Valero Verbo Citrus Bowl. Iowa 10-3, Kentucky 9-3. I will take Iowa in that game. Which sets up the granddaddy of them all. It's 11th ranked Utah. 10-3 overall will battle 6th ranked Ohio State. Who is 10-2. Ohio State is 6.5 point favorite. I think Ohio State will win that game. Play it simple. Ohio State in the Rose Bowl this upcoming New Year's Day. It ends with the Sugar Bowl. 7th ranked Baylor. 11-2 overall battling 8th ranked Ole Miss. Baylor a 1.5 point favorite. I'm actually going to take Ole Miss in that game. And then that sets up the final bowl game before the national championship game as LSU, 6-6 six six overall, takes on Kansas State in the Tax Acts Texas Bowl, January 4th, 9 o'clock Eastern for that one. I'm going to take Kansas State in that game. And that will set up the national championship game, which I have Michigan versus Cincinnati. And I have Big Blue Michigan getting the job done and winning the national championships. There is all that for you guys, of course. It's going to cover all of the college football playoff as well as the college bowl season. We're going to replay a lot of this for the upcoming weeks on All Andy Alford to talk to you guys and get you set for bowl week, which will start the 17th. First bowl game, Middle Tennessee versus Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl. I'm taking Toledo in that one. So you just heard all my bowl predictions as well as the bowl schedule going forward. Right here on All Andy Alford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's hit the ice. It's time for the Jackets Report. It's time to fire the cannon. And it's time to put on your jackets. <laughs> It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's time for the Jackets Report, and the Jackets were coming off of a long road trip, which saw them playing in three Western Conference cities over the past week, 
as they took on St. Louis, Nashville, and Dallas before they went back to the East Coast to battle the Washington Capitals. And, you know, when I last left you, they were getting ready to battle the Nashville Predators after the hard-fought loss they had against St. Louis. They lost 6-3 to on Thanksgiving night. Well, they won against Buffalo 7-4. They beat Winnipeg the night before Thanksgiving 3 to nothing. They win at home the day after Thanksgiving against Vancouver 4-2, which they had no business of winning that hockey game. They had no business of winning that hockey game. And they've been in a four-game slump going into last night's game against San Jose. And we'll get to the San Jose game here in just a second. Let's recap when we last left you. They battled the Nashville Predators, and they lost 6 to nothing. I'm not going to dive into the whole situation with Nashville. That was a game that they just needed to chalk up and move on from that. They battled Dallas last Thursday on in Dallas, and it was a good game for them. It really was. It really was a good game. Jenner with his 11th of the season, Texier, his 7th of the season, but it was all Dallas most of the game as it was Taranoff getting the start for the for the Jackets in net, getting the emergency call as both Elvis Merlin-Slinkins and Jonas Corporsala was out with illness as Robinson scored twice in the game for the Dallas Stars. He got his 6th and 7th of the season and helped out the Dallas Stars to the big 3-2 win over the Jackets. The Jackets were outshot in the game by a score of 37-22 in the game last Thursday at American Airlines Arena. So this past Saturday, they took on the Washington Capitals at Credit One, at Capital One Arena. And, you know, it was Alex Ovechkin again capitalizing on the Jackets. He gets his 750th goal as a cap in in the NHL and with the Capitals. It's is now in second place, fourth to do so. Getting his 20th of the season. Carlson was 2-0 Washington after 40 minutes before Eric Robinson getting his third of the season. From Danforth and Warinsky, it was 2-1, but Hathaway gets the empty netter, killing the Jackets' opportunity, and the Jackets fall to the Washington Capitals on Saturday by a score of 3-1. And by the way, it was tear-off again. Comes off again, stopping 29-31. Save percentage of a .935 in the game. The Capitals, it was, of course, Samsonov stopping 17-18. of his save percentage of .944 in the game. So the Jackets, four-game losing streak going into coming back home to Nationwide Arena. Big game. San Jose in, in the house. San Jose coming off of a day off. They played Friday. They were in Columbus when Columbus was in Washington. So I said to myself, oh, man, this is not good. This is not good. The Jackets come out. And played jacket hockey. It all started with Adam Boquist getting his fifth of the season from Justin Danforth. It was one nothing CBJ at the sixteen sixteen mark of the first period. But Benino, it, it it always seems to happen with less than a minute to play in the game. The opposition team always scores no matter what, whether it be in Dallas, whether it be in in San, with San Jose. It seems to happen. And Benito capitalized on it, getting his fourth of the season for Meadow, his second assist, and Cogliano, his fourth, 1957 mark of the first period, tying the game at one apiece. So after 20 minutes, it was 1-1. And then 
Eric Carlson. Getting a six of the season from Barmanoff. Not even a minute into the second period. It's 2-1 San Jose. And the building is like, oh boy, this is not good. This is not good. But Sean Corrali, the Columbus kid, ties it up with two. Not even 20 seconds, 30, 31 seconds, 32 seconds after the Carlson goal. Corrali ties it back up from Peak and Texier. It's 2-2. And then Brett Burns getting his second of the season from Nito and Meyer at the 844 mark of the second period. It's 3-2 San Jose. But then Cole Sillinger puts the puck on his skate, goes in unassisted on a breakaway, beats the goaltender, tied at three after 40 minutes of play, and then the jackets started to turn. It's the game start after that Sillinger goal, it started to turn. Roslovic getting his fourth of the season from Domi and Peak 4-3 Jackets. Then Boquist getting his second of the night, his sixth of the season from Carlson and Voracek. It was 5-3 Columbus. And then Hartley, then for San Jose, makes it a one-goal game at the 10-minute and 11 mark of the third period, 5-4. But then Texier with San Jose battling and battling and battling back. Elvis Merzlinka standing on his head most of the time. Texier... Gets the puck and buries the empty net from the pass from Gus Nyquist. And it was 6-4 Jackets. And that was the final last night at Nationwide Arena as the Jackets getting a 6-4 win over the San Jose Sharks. Boquist, the number one star with two goals in the game. Peak, the number two star with two assists in the game. And Cole Sillinger, the number three star in the game. Jackets were outshot in the game 34-30 in favor of the Sharks. The Jackets led, though, in the faceoff dot. At 51% to 49%, the Jackets 0 for 1 on the power play. San Jose, no power play. The Jackets were clean in the game, no penalties. The Jackets out hitting the Sharks of the game 25 to 10, but the Sharks leading in blocks at 16 to 11. They also led in giveaways 3 7 to 3, but the Jackets led in takeaways 8 to 6. By the way, it was Merce Lincoln's in the game stopping a toll. Of 30 of 34. His save percentage of a .882. For the Sharks in the game, it was Hill stopping 24 of 29. Save percentage of a .828. So the Jackets getting a big win. Snapping the ro- snapping the four-game road trip slump at home against San Jose. Big win for the Jackets in that one. So now the test begins for the Jackets. And tomorrow night is the big test, I think, in my opinion. Is this team a playoff team? We're going to find out tomorrow night because the Jackets head up to Scotiabank Place to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs, a hot team right now. They are very, very hot right now at 17-7-2 overall. Matthews, seven goals. Tavares with six assists. Matthews has got eight points. And this is in the last five games. Campbell, 13-4-2 and four and two with a save percentage of a .178. Merzlink gets 10-4-0 oh with a save percentage of a .272. All the stats are in favor of the Leafs. They're better at the power play at 25.7% to the Jackets 20%. On the penalty kill, the Jackets are better at the penalty kill at 84.1% to 82.4% for the Leafs. Goals 4, 
3.22 for the Jackets, 3.08 for the Leafs. Goals against. Leafs are averaging about 2.35 a game. Jackets, 3.26. So there's that. It's a big game. This is a huge game for the Jackets. Because they have a game against Toronto on tomorrow night. They return back to Nationwide to take out Anaheim. And then it's the Western Canadian, you know, a long road trip. Which sees them in Seattle with Everett Fitzhugh and the Seattle Kraken on Saturday. Then they're in Vancouver on Tuesday, in Edmonton on Wednesday, on Thursday, and then Hockey Night in Canada against Calgary on Saturday night. Then they go back to the East Coast to battle Buffalo before they return home the day before Christmas Eve to battle the Buffalo Sabres. The day after Christmas Day, the 27th actually, they're at home against Toronto before they return to the road to battle Chicago. It's a big, it's big. It's a very big game. Toronto, when you have Toronto's in the market right now, this is huge. And Toronto is really hot right now. Really, really hot right now. If you look at the standings going overall, we're going to recap the standings right now. In the Atlantic Division, Florida's on the top spot at 17, 4, and 3 with 37 points. Toronto is 17, 7, and 2 with 36 points. Behind them is Tampa Bay, the defending cup champions, at 15, 5, and 4 with 34 points. Metropolitan Division sees Washington on the top spot at 15, 4, and 6 with 36 points. The Rangers, 16, 4, and 3 with 35 points. Carolina, 16, 6, and 1 with 33 points. Top wildcard spot is held by the Detroit Red Wings at 13, 9, and 3 with 29 points. Pittsburgh, 11, 8, and 5 with 27 points. Columbus is on the outside at 13, 10, and 0 with 26 points. Boston, 12, 8, and 1 with 25 points. New Jersey, 9, 9, and 4 with 22 points. Philadelphia, who is just struggling at 8, 10, and 4 with 20 points. Buffalo, 8, 13, and 3 with 19 points. The Islanders, oh my goodness, the Islanders are just terrible. They can't buy a win lately. They're 5, 10, and 3. Five with 15 points. They're on a long, long losing streak right now. Ninth is the Montreal Canadiens at 6, 17, and 3 with 15 points. The Ottawa Senators are in the t- final spot in the Eastern Conference at 6, 15, and 1 with 13 points. Western Conference standings look like this. Central Division. Minnesota, 16-1, with 35, 35 points. Winnipeg, 12-8-4 with 28 points. St. Louis is 12-8-4 with 28 points. Pacific, these are why these games matter the most. Calgary, the final game of the, of the Western Canadian road trip, top spot in the Pacific right now at 15-5-5 with 35 points. Edmonton, who will be playing on Thursday, is going to be 16-7-0, 16-7-0 with 32 points next week. Anaheim, who we're playing this Thursday, is in the third spot at 13, 8, and 4 with 30 points. Wildcard standing sees Vegas in the top spot at 14, 10, and 0 with 28 points. Nashville, 13, 10, and 1 with 27 points. San Jose, who the Jackets just beat, are now 13, 11, and 1 with 27 points. Colorado, on the outside looking in, does not look good for Lucas's team. He's 12, 7, and 2 with 26 points. 
Dallas right there at 12, 7, and 2 with 26 points. The Kings in sixth spot at 10, 9, and 4 with 24 points. In seventh seed, the Seattle Kraken at 9, 13, and 2 with 20 points. Chicago, 9, 13, and 2 with 20 points as well. Vancouver, 8, 15, and 2 with 18 points. And the Arizona Coyotes, who are in last spot at 5, 17, and 2 with 12 points. By the way, I've got to make mention of this too while we're doing the Jackets report right now. The Jack, we're going to be going down there in April to see the Jackets battle the Flyers. Got to make mention of that. We'll give you more details as it comes up. But it's official. We are headed back to Columbus in April to see the Jackets battle the Philadelphia Flyers. You heard it here first. Hopefully the wife is not listening to the podcast because that's one of the Christmas presents. So that is the Jackets report right here on All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. By the way, got to make mention of this. Last week, I got an opportunity to head to Detroit. The Jackets weren't playing. This is the first time I've actually gone to a game, an NHL game, where my team, the Jackets, are not playing. I went and saw the Jack. I went and saw the Red Wings battle the Seattle Kraken. Got a chance to watch the Kraken for the first time. Got some good seats. Sat with my good with some good friends, Phil Bennett, as well as Logan Carr and his friend. Got an opportunity to see everybody. We got a, we got we watched the game. Really good, entertaining game. I think Seattle's a really good team, even though their record doesn't prove it right now at nine thirteen and two. I think they're a really good team. Uh, and going back to a little bit of the Jackets report on that, it went to a shootout. The final shooter, as Detroit scored, Seattle had to score to win. It was Alexander Wentberg. He didn't, He and I said it out loud. I said it out loud at the time, and I agree. And a lot of people agree with me with this. A lot of people agree with me with this. He didn't do shit with us in Columbus. He didn't do shit for Seattle last night, that night, and they lost in a shootout to the Red Wings. So, you know, it is what it is. But it was a good time. It was good to, you know, not to have a full rooting interest in any team. I was rooting for Seattle in the game because I don't like Detroit, but it is what it is right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's a good time. Good time. So speaking of the Red Wings, let's talk about the AA affiliate of the Red Wings, and that is the Toledo Walleye. So let's head down to the pond and let's talk a little Toledo Walleye hockey. The Walleye were in action this past weekend as it was Elf Night on Saturday night as the Fish took on the Wheeling Nailers and the Nailers gave the Walleye a little bit of a run towards the end of the game, of course. But the Walleye prevail at the Huntington Center. It all started with Marcus Vela getting his eighth of the season from TJ Hensick and Ryan Gazzola. Was one nothing walleye after 20 minutes of play. Fella his eighth of the season, by the way. And then Wheeling kicked off the starting start, tying the game in the second period at the 11:51 mark of the second period, as it was Moscalo getting his fourth of the season from Hunsiger and Corkrell at the 11:51 mark of the second period. The third period blasted it off. As both teams were tied after 40 minutes of play, Wheeling then capitalizes in the third period, 3 minutes and 43 seconds into the period. As McPatterson, his third of the season from Hampton and Hutchinson, was 2-0 Wheeling, 2-1 Wheeling, before Vela getting his second of the night from Dickinson and Gonzola 
tying the game at two apiece. And then TJ Hensick getting his 13th of the season, putting the fish up three to two at the 13.59 mark of the third period from Vela and Gasola. That was, by the way, the Gasola Vela. Both Vela goals were on the power play. But Wheeling ties the game with less with about a minute to go in the game as they tie it with Hunsinger, his third of the season from Doherty and Mascalo, tying the game at three and forcing overtime. And in the overtime period on the power play, Hensick beating Lacus in overtime for his 14th of the season, the game-winning goal in overtime. As the Fish beat the Wheeling Nailers by a score of 4-3. to Hensick from Dickinson and Gazzola. Uh, Sellis stopping 29 of 33. His save percentage of a .893. For Brandstorm was the goalie for Toledo in the game. He stopped 18 of 21. His save percentage of a .913. Toledo outshot Wheeling in the game 33-21. to they were 3-for-5 on the power play, wheeling 0-for-2 on the power play. So that was that for you guys on f- Saturday night as the Fish getting a big 4-3 win over the Wheeling Nailers. They continued that momentum into Saturday Sunday's game as they took on the Cincinnati Cyclones for the first time at the Huntington Center this season. The Fish looking pretty dominant most of the game. It did start off, however, with Cincinnati jumping out to an early nothing, one nothing lead as Polano getting his fifth of the season from Griffin at the 2.02 mark of the first period. It was 1-0 Cincinnati before Marcus Vela getting his tenth of the season from Albert and Dickinson on the power play at the 10.50 mark of the first period, tying it after 20 minutes of play. Olowski getting his first of the season, 56 seconds into the second period, making a 2-1 fish lead before Yorado getting his seventh of the season from Edge and Schultz, Jesse Schultz. It was 2-2 after 2-2 halfway through the second period before the fish really kicking it up as Brett Boeing getting his first of the season from Horschel and Meyer on the power play. By the way, the Yarrow power goal for Cincinnati was on the power play as well. Horschel and Meyer on the power play. It was 2-3-2 fish. And then Vela getting his second of the eve, second of the season, second of the evening, and eleventh of the season from Hensick and Dickerson on the power play, at less than a minute to play in the second period, making it four-two. And then the former walleye Dejan Mingo getting his first of the season from Karens and Yarmato at the twelve twenty-six mark of the third period, making it four-three Toledo. And that was the final at the Huntington Center last night as the Fish beat the Cyclones four to three. Toledo out were outshot in the game by Cincinnati 38-35. Cincinnati 1 for 3 on the power play. Toledo 3 for 4 on the power play. Christopoulos stopping 35 of 38. His save percentage of a .923. It was Robson stopping 31 of 35. His save percentage of a .922. So there is that for you guys last night. No fighting, no fights in the game. The fish. Get the job done. One game in the ECHL, by the way, tonight. I, I just noticed this. 10-10 start time, Eastern Standard Time. Kalamazoo travels out to Utah to battle the Grizzlies. How about that for you guys right there? So the Fish will now hit the road. They'll have three big games starting Wednesday night in Iowa. They'll take on the Heartlanders. 7 o'clock. 7, they'll be 8 o'clock Eastern our time. 
7 o'clock Central Time as the Fish will take on the Heartlanders on Wednesday. Cincinnati will be at home to take on the Wheeling Nailers on Wednesday night. The Fish then will have the day off Thursday. They'll play the Heartlanders again on on Saturday. Cyclones are in Indian, at home against Indianapolis, by the way. Fort Wayne will be in Kalamazoo to battle the K-Wings. Saturday, again, the Fish in, in Iowa to battle the Heartlanders again. Cincinnati is in Wheeling. Kalamazoo is hosting Fort Wayne. Sunday's slate, Kalamazoo is in Indianapolis. Cincinnati is in Wheeling to battle the Nailers. The Fish are off. The Fish will not return back home until the Winter Fest festivities. Yes, I said that right. The Fish aren't coming back home until after Christmas. They will be back home. They will be in South Carolina the Battle of the Stingrays on the 17th. The 18th sees them in Greenville the Battle of the Swamp Rabbits. And let's see here. And then on the 19th, they're in Greenville again that Sunday. They won't have another home game here. Fish won't have another home game until the 26th at 5th Third Field. 6 o'clock puck drop against the Kalamazoo Wings. That is the Winterfest game. That's the next time the Fish will be home. So there is that for you guys. Fish won't be home until after Christmas. And that is the Winterfest game. So there's that for you. Looking at the standings, the Walleye are in the top spot in the Central Division at 12-5, 0-0 with 24 points. Fort Wayne is 10-6-2 with 22 points. Wheeling 10-6-1 with 21 points. Kalamazoo 10-5, 0-0 with 20 points. Cincinnati 9-9-0-0 with 18 points. Indianapolis 6-9-2-1 with 15 points. The Heartlanders are in last spot at 5-11-2-1 with 13 points. By the way, looking at the south where the Walleye are headed, the Solar Bears are in the top spot at 11-7-1 with 23 points. Florida is 8-6-2-3 with 21 points. Norfolk is 10-8-0-1 with 21 points. Jacksonville is 9-8-1-1 with 20 points. South Carolina 9-6-2-0 with 20 points. The Gladiators, Atlanta 8-7-2-0 with 18 points. And the Greenville Swamp Rabbits 7-7-1-1 with 16 points. So there's that for you. By the way, North Division sees the Newfoundland Growlers at 14-4-0-0 with 28 points. Reading 8-5-4-1 with 21 points. The Lions are 10-7-0-0 with 20 points. Stockton is 9-8-1-0 with 19 points. The Maine Mariners 6-8-2-1 with 15 points. And the Worcester Railers are 6-9-0-1 with 13 points. That is the Walleye Roundup right here on All Andy Elford tonight. As you're listening to the All Andy Elford Show right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now we have hit the end of our podcast tonight. It's time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants. And I want to thank you so much for show, tuning into the podcast tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts every 
Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, as well as on our Falcon Friday edition. Again, programming note, little housekeeping notes. Uh, me and the wife are going to be out on Friday, so there will be no, uh, no Falcon Friday podcast. We will do a show on Saturday on on the Anchor Network for you guys. So we'll have a show, two shows this week, getting you set for the football weekend of the NFL slate as well as the Army-Navy game. We'll talk about that more in depth as well as what's happening on the ice with the, with the Jackets. The Jackets will go into Seattle on Saturday night. And speaking of that, I want to make mention of this on my Andy Rants tonight. tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do the podcast. New podcast every week. So make mention of this. Got a chance. Got to see Detroit play Seattle. Like I mentioned before. It kind of hurt me that I didn't get to see my friend Everett Fitzhugh. But got getting to see the um, interview that he did with John Keating was absolutely fantastic. Uh, it was a great interview. He did a fantastic job. Um, I was just ecstatic to see his team. You know, I, I thought about going down there down to Columbus to see him, but then he got sick with COVID and I was like, ah, I don't want to go down there. And, you know, he wasn't going to be there. So I figured, you know, I, I go to see them when they play Detroit, but Everett's a kid from Detroit. I knew a lot of his family was going to be there. I didn't want to make mention of it. I didn't want to come up to him and like, Hey buddy, how are you? You know, and stuff like that. But, uh, if Everett listens to the podcast, I want to say he did a great job. I got an opportunity to see him, in the press box when they when Seattle scored, I watched him give him give the old you know Howard Dean ha you know look to it, and um, he's one of the nicest broadcasters you'll ever meet, and one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in the world of hockey. And um, you know, I I congratulate Everett Fitzhugh for 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 the the job that he is doing a fantastic job in. Seattle with his team, so congratulations, Ari Order, and great game on on last Wednesday, as we saw the Red Wings take on the Seattle Kraken. So it's that time of year, folks. Of course, uh, it is the Christmas holiday season, and uh, last weekend was the big Newsboys uh, charity event. Uh, got a chance to stop by, say hello to a few of the the Oregon Police Department that's out there handing out papers, got a chance to purchase a paper. Uh, if you have an opportunity, if you want to donate to any charity this holiday season, the Old Newsboys is the best one to donate, in my opinion. They help out with so many scholarships as well as kids and families that go through hard times and hard problems, whether it be a fire, uh, a sudden death of a family member, the old newsboys are there to help and support and care about them, care about people. Uh, if you're looking to a charity to donate, that is a charity I seriously, seriously chose to donate to, especially in this time of need and the time that we are in. So there's that for you right there. So if you find the charity, the old newsboys is the charity for you guys. Um, I want to make mention about myself. Uh Recently, I have had a little bit of a we've in the family wise we've had some health scares. Uh, Dad's doing okay. He's under the under the weather lately. 
Nicole, mom has gotten was diagnosed with bronchitis. My sister was diagnosed with bronchitis. Um, I've had a I've had a cold once in a while, but not not recently. I'm about a hundred percent on everything. Um, I had I had a minor sur- surgical operation took place today. Um, that I had a, a removal of a tumor on my outer body of my skin. Um, I was t- done in a term- dermatologist's office. Um, so I've got a little hole in my stomach right now, so it's it's healing up as we speak. But you know, it, it was getting it was getting bad. And so much so that last Monday I was in the uh, urgent care with a uh, with a severe blood with blood coming out, and um, it was a, the doctor diagnosed it as a skin tag, but it wasn't a skin tag. Uh, I forget her name. Her name starts with Amy. She works with uh, she works out at Renaissance Dermatology. She helped me out today, and. Um, the, the nurse practitioner there and she did a fantastic job and so if you're in the, ever in the market that that's the place to go to renaissance dermatology out there out there in sylvania uh they took care of it took care of my problems and um i mean it was bad it was really bad uh i was bleeding heavily and what they found out was a poly i it's a poly uh, but they thought it was a blood tumor, and so it would bleed, and they removed it. Uh, they've taken it for a test, see if it has any cancer or anything like that. It, it, it's, it doesn't have any cancer. I mean, cancer does run in my family with regarding of my, my grandmother on my, on my uncle's side, on my dad's side of the family, but um, I, I just, I, I don't think it's cancerous, but. It was a little bit of a shock when she said it was a tumor, and I was like, "Wow!" So I was really shocked. And it was it was not much more of a size of a of a pencil eraser. And it was it was bleeding heavily, and um, you know I, I'm I'm grateful to the doctors and the staff over there at Renaissance Dermatology. I'm re- I'm grateful to. Uh, my parents, and I'm grateful to you, the listener who listens to the podcast, for giving your time and effort to listen to me talk and listen to me um, discuss what's happening in the world. So I thank you for that, and you know, keep your thoughts and prayers with my family, as well as uh, my wife. My wife's doing fantastic. Uh, we're getting ready to celebrate our first Christmas together as husband and wife. Looking forward to that i am really looking forward to that so we'll talk to you guys again on saturday saturday morning we'll have a special anchor network show for you guys as we will talk about the army navy game as well as what's happening with the jackets as well as the week 14 slate of the national football league so until friday when i talk to you guys again this is andy alford saying i'm pulling for you we're all in this together game of life keep your stick on the ice and to the teams you root for at home and to my teams go jackets go walleye go falcons go bearcats and how about them lions and go browns and go state 
Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Saturday for a special edition of All Indie Offered right here on the Anchor Network. Love you guys. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Leaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at All Andy Elford. Facebook.com slash All Andy Elford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network.